Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Segment Podcast. This is episode 39 with my special guest, Corbin Pounds. Corbin Pounds is a local BMX rider turned mountain biker. Comes from an amazing mountain bike family from his mom and dad, his brothers and sisters, and even his uncles. Really just offering the type of exposure to the mountain bike world that created one of the local rippers out here in this area. But before we get into Corbin's story, I do want to say thank you to the supporters of the Segment Podcast and the Segment YouTube channel. First and foremost, thank you so much to YT Industries. If you see me out on the trails, you'll see me riding the YT Jeffsey Core 4. That bike has been supported and provided by YT Industries and the YT Mill. Very, very grateful for that bike, and I'm having such a blast riding that bike. It's 150 in the front, 150 in the back, and all fun, whether I'm climbing or descending out here on the local trails. I've even taken it to Summit and Sky Park and had a blast at those parks on that bike. So thank you again to YT Industries for the support of the segment channel. Also, thank you so much to Tasco. Tasco, as you all know, makes the crazy good gloves that we use when we're riding mountain bikes. They've got the socks and the glove match called the double digits. They've got the Phantom gear, which is built for the hot weather like now in the summertime that's breathable and lightweight material. And my favorite is the Scout shorts. The Scout shorts are my all-time favorite mountain bike shorts. If you haven't tried them, at least go check them out. See if it's something that you like. Um, I highly recommend them. I ride them every time I'm out there on the trails, and I just love them. If you do see something on the Tasco's website that you do like, um, you will get a 15% discount if you click on the Tasco link in the description. You'll automatically get the 15% off of your purchase. So why pay full price when you could try it at a 15% discount? Next up, I want to say thank you so much to Spy Optic. Spy Optic is part of the conglomeration of Bole. Bole recently bought Spy and Bole owns Spy Optic, Bole, and Serengeti. All different types of eyewear brands under one umbrella. But Spy Optic has this very cool skate and surf style as well as now mountain biking. So if you see me out on the trails, you'll see me in the foundation goggles. It's the widest periphery in the goggle market. They also have the happy lens technology in them, which allows you to block out the bad blue wave light, which is the short wave blue light, but it allows the long wave blue light to come in. And that also helps improve alertness and it boosts your serotonin, thus called the happy lens. So happy lens technology is in their glasses as well as in their mountain bike goggles. So thank you so much for your support to spy. And I do have a new protective gear company that I would like to unveil to you guys, but I can't quite do it yet. But let's just say that it's an Italian brand and things are really, really comfortable. And the protection and the design on these um, pads are amazing. So I can't wait here in the near future to be able to share what that brand is. But I could drop the hint that it's an Italian brand and they bought Pac in 2015. So let's just leave it at that. All right, guys, without further ado, let's get into the podcast with my special guest, Mr. Corbin Pounds.
All right, what's happening, senders? It's Mark, back with another podcast and back with another special guest. Um, Thank you so much for being on the show tonight, and I want to bring up my special guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Corbin Pounds. What's up, Corbin? How's it going? Good, brother. Thank you for jumping on. Um, For those of you who don't know Corbin, you'll definitely get to know who he is after this show, and uh, you probably have seen him out at your local trails. You just want to look up in the air, and you'll see him uh, shredding everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably be either in the air or on the ground somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Corbin's got a really cool story. I wanted to invite him on the show tonight because he's definitely taking the segment of his life and going from the ordinary to the extraordinary with his shredded customs as well as his mountain bike story. So. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Corbin. And uh, Corbin, to kick it off, just had a couple of questions for you to uh, get to know you a little bit more, get to know Corbin as the writer. And uh, Corbin, how did the whole mountain bike sport start for you? So I've been riding bikes since I was like two years old. Um, just like BMX bike, Walmart bikes, you know, just as a little kid riding in the street and having the little plastic ramps and just breaking everything and sending it as far as I can being four years old. But I was on BMX till I was about, uh, I want to say like 10 or 11. Um, and my dad had a hardtail mountain bike and like going from the BMX to the hardtail is just something different. So I'd ride that bike every, every once in a while. Um, and then they started to get actual mountain bikes, full suspension bikes. Um, my dad got a Diamondback uh, recoil, which I ended up getting as my first mountain bike too. But uh, they got these bikes, and I was like super anti mountain biking. Yeah, <laughs> tell, no tell, tell us a little bit about that. You were hardcore BMX, you know, started out early, and then um, were they encouraging you to jump on the mountain bike or? Yeah, yeah. So I had a lot of um, friends and family who started riding around that same time. They had a lot of. Uh, like all my friends started mountain biking. Um, my uncle started riding, riding mountain bikes and stuff. And so my family was like, oh, we got mountain bikes now. Why don't you get one too? And you can come ride with us, you know, here in Santa Rosa, which is one of our local trails, just starting out. Um, and they're like, oh, you should you should come with us. And I was like, no, nah, I got a BMX bike. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay. Like, I'll, I'll pass. And then I uh, actually ended up a couple of times riding my BMX bike on mountain bike trails. Um, which was definitely scary with no oh, brakes, and street tires. <laughs> but, but yeah, they were like super trying to get me to start mountain biking, and I was just anti anti mountain biking. The wheels are big, the suspension, the whole bike's big. It's it's not me. Right. It probably felt like a boat compared to what you were riding. And at that time yeah. in your life, riding on a BMX bike, were you riding on a lot of pump tracks? Were you racing them, or were you skate parking it, or a little so, of the above? Yeah, I was I was more on the street skate park and dirt jump. I, I didn't really ride pump track or like race or anything. Um, I just did a lot of uh, skate park and um, dirt jumps. And my cousin was really into it, so he was him and I were always like riding together like all the time. If he got a BMX bike, I'd get a bike and we'd go ride and do dirt jumps and you know skate park and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was mostly dirt jumps or skate park. Got it, got it. So you're riding the BMX bike and sending those dirt jumps, and then 
they're looking at get, trying to get you on a mountain bike and it probably just felt heavy and big and clumsy compared to what you're used to. How in yeah. the world did they finally, how did you transfer? So, um, I, I was like hardcore BMX. I was like, I love the, the nimbleness. I feel like I'm just like, I can do anything on a BMX bike. Um, and more and more of my friends and family started getting mountain bikes and they're all inviting me. I was like getting invites like every weekend. Oh, you want to come riding with us? I was like, oh, I don't have a mountain bike. I feel like family has a mountain bike, but you don't have one. And I was just like, yeah, sorry, I don't, I don't go to mountain bike. And I think I think it was a little bit of peer pressure in my family. They're like, come on, just just gotta get a mountain bike. Just get a mountain bike. And uh, so I was like thinking about it for a long time, and then I um, I ended up riding my uncle's. He had a giant trance mm. and. Uh, I ended up riding that thing. It was a 27.5, this 150 travel bike. Um, not even like on any real like hardcore mountain bike trails, like I just fire and stuff. And I was like, this is this is kind of cool. Like having all the suspension and how fast you can go on the the trails and stuff. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just just do it. Just try it out. So I uh, I ended up getting a a Diamondback recoil. Me and my dad had the same bike and. It was very different. It felt like a, a boat. I mean, it was cool because how fast you could go and the suspension and everything was super, it was just different. So it was yeah. interesting learning stuff, but it definitely felt big and just like unnatural. It was what, super weird at first. What, was that Diamondback that you had, was it a 20, was it a uh, 29 as well? Or like the Giant yes. Trance or was it 27 or? It was a twenty-seven five. It was like the lowest low end. It was off Amazon. It was like coil, coil four, coil rear shock, like oh, geez. three by eight. You know, just super cheap entry <laughs> bike. High, high cable uh, brakes, cable disc brakes. Like it was <laughs> super low end um, twenty-seven five. But I was stoked on it. I was like, this thing's this thing's awesome. I love it. It's got suspension and brakes that work. So I was, I was loving it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So at what point did your BMX skills start to transition over to, to the mountain bike? Was it, did it happen right away or did that take a little bit of time? Um, like initially going from a BMX bike onto a mountain bike, I definitely didn't feel as uncomfortable. I think from riding nothing onto a mountain bike, I mm. had the balance and, you know, um, the coordination and, holding bars and pedaling and you know especially with the dirt jumps doing smaller jumps on a mountain bike didn't feel as uncomfortable mm. um but it definitely felt different um because i have such a long bike these wheels are huge compared to 20 inch wheels you know um right. wheels are bars are wide brakes i got all these things on the handlebars like cables going everywhere it <laughs> definitely felt interesting i mean i i felt I felt somewhat comfortable. Like I was able to go down the trail at it, my own pace and do little jumps here and there. Um, but definitely took, it took a few months and, you know, definitely a lot of bike parts to finally figure out like, oh, okay, this is, this is how the bike works. This is how the bike feels, you know? And then the, the BMX stuff, the basics from BMX can transfer over to mountain biking you know so the the pumping the the pulling up on on a mountain bike you know everything like that it definitely took a little bit of time but it did eventually get there 
Interesting. I always wondered because some of the most talented folks that I've ridden with, had the pleasure to ride with, have a BMX background. So either it's either BMX or moto, and they come over to mountain biking, and they just seem like a natural when it comes to everything on the mountain bike. And so I, I was wondering, do you, coming from BMX over to mountain bike and talking about the dirt jumps and all that stuff, do you ever get bucked on a mountain bike? because of the back suspension or because you know the transition so well is it not an issue uh definitely riding a mountain bike at first i was all over the place on a mountain bike jumping i was everywhere because you know you get used to uh well for one dirt jumps for a bmx bike versus you know mountain bike jumps like over at Greer are completely different you know and then you have suspension on a mountain bike and big wheels and tires and versus you know tiny wheels no suspension tiny bike like the way it feels is completely different so like definitely getting on a mountain bike at first was very interesting and definitely got bucked and just going straight up in the air sideways on accident like just all over the place for sure yeah it's definitely weird to get used to probably for the first few months i was a probably a interesting looking jumper just with my front end down half the time but <laughs> I, it got I started to, to figure out you know how back suspension works and how the mountain bike feels on on jumps and everything you know it, it was definitely a learning curve but the basics of actually jumping pulling up using your feet you know that sort of thing definitely helped a little bit that's interesting yeah you'll bring that over from bmx that's cool man hey real quick yeah. just wanted to uh give shout outs uh some folks here are giving you shout outs we got Folks in the audience, we got Mr. Timothy Haley, MTB. What's up, buddy? Good to see you on here. Uh, Corbin, we got Crisco Bike tuning in all the way from Idaho. He's out here. We got uh, Master Chief Darren. Darren's on the line. Says, hey, what's up? Uh, Octodad, Mr. Marty. Dude, this guy tuning in all the way from New Zealand. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we got Debbie Ko all the way from, uh, she might be, let's see, what's today? Tuesday. She might be, are you heading on the hill from Sky Park today? She is a producer, producer Debbie, I call her. <laughs> so uh, she, says, she says, good evening, everyone. Hope everyone had an amazing MTB day. Yeah, by the way, happy uh, ride MTB day, everybody. Today's our, today's our day. So... Um, so yeah, Corbin, sorry about that. I just want, I just always love interacting, uh, with the audience and, uh, making sure I'm giving them the shout outs too. So your, your folks are getting more into the mountain bike scene. Um, they're encouraging you to go from BMX over to mountain bike. Your uncle has the giant trance, the 27.5. You kind of got on that and started to feel a little bit of what mountain biking has to offer. Um, then fast forward, you and your dad have both the diamond backs and you're starting to to do more but are you at this point are you playing in both worlds bmx and mtb or did you give up bmx at that moment and come straight so, over so i was i still had my bmx bike but i definitely forgot about it most of the time you know because it was mountain bikes was new and exciting you know so i was like oh man if i'm gonna go ride somewhere i'm gonna go ride this new bike that i don't know yet and you know i'm gonna go figure out how to do wheelies on this thing or you know whatever so definitely once I got the mountain bike, BMX, um, it didn't completely go away, but it definitely dissipated and started to like get neglected. Um, but 
mountain biking definitely started to take over and then we'd go riding two or three times a week on the weekends just go having fun and i mean nothing super crazy but it was still a blast just getting to ride on dirt and you know experiencing this new whole new bike and version of biking you know yeah that's very cool and it sounds like this was more of like a a family time when you're riding on the mountain bike were you out there with your mom and dad and yeah and family that's awesome that was was probably one of the coolest things too is being with like my brother and sister and my parents all had bikes a lot of my close friends my uncle uh his his uh so my cousins so his kids all had bikes so we would all definitely like on the weekends plan big trips up to santa rosa and just go do you know a few miles out there and just have fun and be outside which is super cool that's cool man building great memories on the bike as a family that's um that's what it's about that's so cool man that must have been really special yeah it was super fun I, I look forward to doing that with my son and <laughs> doing more yeah, yeah. more family type rides. So yeah. you're you're a local here out here and um are you out here in the Murrieta area? Yeah, so I'm I'm right off Money Canyon, so it's like oh. Wildemar. It's oh. literally right next to Greer Ranch. Yeah, you're just on the west side of Greer. So mm-hmm. you're I heard you say riding Santa Rosa Plateau and everything. At what point did you start to take your skills and uh discover Greer? So I was riding bikes for probably about eight months and I was just, you know, getting, getting into the sport. Um, Santa Rosa was kind of like one of the only places that we knew around here. Like Sky Park wasn't a thing. Snow Summit was, you know, a bike park, but for beginners, like we didn't really know anything about it. And we just thought it was a big scary mountain. So that was kind of out of the picture. Right. <laughs> and I, I only had a couple people who were riding Greer Ranch and they would just tell me about it, but they're like, Oh man, it's super gnarly, like crazy rocks and jumps. And I just like kind of got intimidated. So I was just like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll stick to the six of the Santa Rosa. But, um, after about eight months, um, my uncle, um, he finally, he was just like, you just got to go. And so we went and rode double D's, which is like, you know, they're, uh, yeah, they're like yeah. warm up trail out there right um and i remember doing it and i was like this, this is awesome like this is, <laughs> this is super cool. i mean you know there, there's jumps and berms and you know stuff out there that i didn't even know about and it's in my backyard practically totally um, so yeah that was definitely one of the first times i'd probably say like eight months into into mountain biking i started then go out to Greer ranch dang bro that's pretty good what did yeah, you think okay. about that first uh for those of you who've written double d who are listening to the to the podcast what did you think about that first drop at entering oh, double d yeah yeah so this this was a few years ago so it definitely wasn't as big as that is now but it definitely was scary it was the gnarliest thing i've ever written i was like this is, this is like two feet of rock like this is <laughs> insane like like i've never written anything like this and uh so I was definitely just hyped on adrenaline. My uncle is towing me into the trail, and he's like, oh, come on, you can do it. Oh, and so I, I, I just dropped in. I was like, what? That was crazy. That was, <laughs> sign me up for Red Bull Rampage. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I remember my son and I were brand new, and I had no idea where to go. So someone said, hey, you should check out Greer. So I, I you know, we found it, and uh, my son and I are cruising up that little Jeep road. 
And I asked these mountain bikers, you know, hey, what's a good one for him and I, my son and I, to ride? We've never been out here before. We literally just got bikes about a month ago. And they go, oh, st- stay to the left. There's a trail called Double D. They showed me where to drop in on it. And when we got there, I thought they were like, I was like, those guys are jerks. Because that first opening thing, like the rock drops, um, I thought the whole thing was going to be like that. But, yeah, it's just that entry. And then the rest of it was just big old smiles. And, and we did so many laps on that thing. That place special so you're you're once again your uncle the one with the uh the trance introduced you to now to Greer yeah that's 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 great and then from there just kept progressing and progressing yeah yeah so we uh I remember that first time we went out there you know I was just stoked I thought all the trails out there were going to be like that I didn't even know there was more trails out there I mean at that time half the trails that are at Greer now weren't a thing it was mostly like distortion revolution double d's and towers those were like the main main trails that were out there um and so uh my uncle was just like yeah there's there's a few more trails up there and i was like man i'm, I'm stoked on double d's let's let's just lap this um, <laughs> so after after going there a few more times we actually rode from my house to uh jumping mouse Dang. and yeah i rode that was like 10 miles um round trip um and I was stoked. I was like, jumping mouse, like, that sounds awesome. Um, and we dropped in, did it, and I was like, this is the coolest trail ever. Like, this is amazing. And like, all those jumps and burns and stuff starting out were just huge. And I was like, scale, like, stopping at everything, looking at it. I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it, you know? <laughs> um, definitely getting scared. And my uncle is definitely, shout out to Uncle Jared. Um, he was pushing me to like do it and just, like you got it you can do it um so after a little bit of positive peer pressure i started you know slowly progressing doing these jumps um you know also when you're younger you kind of want to impress impress your uncle on the bike who's got the fancy bike and stuff so i was like yeah i'll I'll try it so i started doing these bigger jumps and then that definitely helps like progress a lot and i started riding distortion which is like a little bit different over trail it's got some more rock and uh, some tech, some it's got some glitch on it, a couple drops, and so definitely riding that trail a lot. And you just slowly start to start to build your confidence, slowly start to progress, and then you start to feel better on the bike, and that's when you start breaking more bike parts. But it's all worth it, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> start pushing the limits of the yeah. of the equipment and the body through mm-hmm. through that. Man, Greer is definitely one of those places that has shaped a lot of riders, so, and I know for you specifically. Um, being a local writer out here, I mean, obviously you shred and, uh, you know, you're now picked up by Chainline Bikes and uh, we were talking earlier about an apparel company that has, uh, that, that you're helping out with. Um, would you say that Greer really helped you with a lot of those basic skills and helped oh. develop you into who you are today? Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, riding those trails constantly, you, you start to... Uh, really get to know the trail and so you um you start to know where all the features are you know i'd i'd be on strava all the time and like trying to get the fastest times you know but like if you want to go fast you have to know the trail so it definitely helps with like knowing different features and how to do them how to get over them the fastest way possible you know so getting you know over rocks a certain way getting over uh, jumps a certain way hitting berms a certain way moving your feet moving your uh, your weight you know hands everything like that you start to learn and 
that just comes with time and and just continually doing it. Um, but yeah, Greer definitely helped because you got a you got a little bit of a mixture of trails out there. You got some tech, you got some jumps, flow, you know, all kinds of stuff out there. But yeah, it definitely helped a lot with gaining confidence on the bike, being able to go faster, but also, you know, getting over different obstacles, getting over different uh, rock sections in different ways and just slowly building that confidence, building that stability on the bike. And then you start getting over the trail faster and faster and faster. And you just get like so excited and just want to keep pushing and going as fast as you can and but keep progressing at the same time, you know? Yeah. Would you say within within your family right now, did you have you progressed past the skill level of, of your uncle and, and some of the other riders? That's probably a loaded question because it's probably going to create a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, being young and uh, I think I definitely have an advantage of being starting out when I was like 14, 15 years old. Um, I definitely was like they were they were the they were the goal. And I was like, just always trying to be able to keep up with them, be able to just hang with them, go down the trail. Um, and I remember I was, I actually bought a giant trance as well. Um, the same or the year after my uncle's, um, oh, I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get on this. You know, I gotta, I gotta start something with my game, but yeah, it definitely took some time, but eventually I was able to, you know, keep up with them and have like at the Strava times and, and see, I was like, oh, I got you by a second, Earl. I got you by a few seconds. Like, <laughs> it, was, it was a friendly competition for sure. But over time, being young, I think, I think it kind of, yeah, it kind of naturally just happened. What would you say motivated you to keep progressing in a sport, you know, like mountain biking? Being so young, you could have easily went back into the BMX realm and just concentrated on that or video games or other things or even school sports organized sports that type of thing but yeah. what was it about progressing on mountain biking that really motivated you to stick with it so you know it's funny um so i was bmx bikes forever and then i got mountain bikes and then i started skating and then i started riding scooters and then i rode bikes again and then i started riding scooters again so i was like in and out of everything I kept coming back to mountain bikes because it was just like that, that um, feeling of progressing and it's hard to explain, but like when you're riding a bike, you get like a, just a smile and your adrenaline's going and you just like, like, oh man, I just did this jump. And then you, you get the air miles and stuff and you just like are addicted and it's like, oh, I can't wait to do it again. I just want to keep it in this jump or I just want to keep it in this rock section. And it just kept it was never boring because not one time was it ever boring or did I feel like, you know, I mean, I don't really want to go ride today. I was always like, you want to go ride today? Texting all my buddies and stuff, you know, and I kind of didn't feel that like BMX, super fun, riding scooters and skating was, was super fun. But like after, after a little while, um, I just wasn't super motivated. Like it just wasn't super exciting and appealing to me. But mountain biking was like, oh man, dirt and going fast and jumps that's it's so awesome i want to do that a lot so i just started uh i just started mountain biking and then just stuck to it and i just like every time i go ride it's awesome and just so much fun and you know it's always a good time riding with your buddies riding with family and stuff and you know you don't really get that same interaction or feeling with skating or scooters or bmx and stuff you know um so mountain biking was just always super appealing and just there and exciting. You know, that adrenaline was 
on another level. And I just, I got addicted to it. I love that. I, I totally know what you're talking about, man. There's, there's something special about going out with the squad, whether it's your family, your friends, and one person levels up in, in the group and then it just levels everybody else up, you know, and you're celebrating everyone else's like writing and accomplishment and success while at the same time you're progressing as well. And it's just, uh, it's over so quick. You're like, wow, I can't believe it's already been two hours or whatever it is, you know, that you get. <laughs> it's a, it's always fun and, and special. So that's cool. Sounds like it was something like intrinsic for you, something just internally just driving you yeah. to progress at that sport. Did, yeah, you, did you get into the racing aspect of MTB at all? So I didn't start racing until two seasons ago, actually. Um, and it was just something as, you know, just something to do. Just, you know, I wanted to try it. Um, I know we have the local SoCal Enduro Series down here, which is Bill Lake and Big Bear. Um, and I heard about Vail Lake and, you know, I'm only 25 minutes away from Vail Lake. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll try it. I mean, I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to do amazing, but you know, I'll, I still just want to try it just to, just to try it, you know? And, um, so I did, I did the Vail Lake race and, um, I raced, was it, uh, junior open and I was, I was feeling good, but I had a crash on, uh, the second stage and I was like all kind of bummed what was the second uh, stage it was um with what is now uh the new flow trail that they just redid out there oh, it's, yeah. it's, now, it's, now it's called North Shore but yes. before it instead of going down the mountain it went across the fire road God. where that big jump is now it, it went across and then down the ridge um what was that I forget what the trail's name was I just know it now is North Shore God uh, I I know the section you're talking about, right? Right where the step up, big step up jump is up off right. the ambulance, so, right so there. So right before the fire road, there is a super loose sandy corner. Oh. I just was not concentrated. I just slid out and just Washed went over. The first, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, it was. It, it wasn't a. I didn't get hurt or anything, but I was just like, oh man, I just lost so much time right now. That's that's a bummer. But as my first race, I had a good time. I was out there. I knew a couple. You know, a couple of kids out there so i was stoked i just i just had fun you know nice those are those yeah. are fun those are those yeah. are fun races but i i know that feeling when you when you fall and you just feel like the clock is ticking and man right there it's 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 probably yeah. close to where some bystanders are standing because i know yeah. when i yeah when i did it too there was a all the bystanders are right off an of ambulance and I crashed for me. It was off a rocky top and it was just right towards the bottom where everyone can see it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so. You know, it's funny. It's both. So I just did a race, uh, this last, uh, ballet race. And it was, it was almost in the same spot in front yeah. of, right in front of all the bystanders. And I was like, oh. man, what? I, it was the only two crashes I've ever had racing there in front of everybody standing there. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. Come on. It's the, it's the, the pressure. Like, right. oh, I gotta go faster. <laughs> right. And then you feel like that drop in because on the third race, for those of you who've done the Veil races or, or watched or, or heard about them, they were dropping us in 20 seconds from each other instead of 30 seconds. And uh, I don't know about when, when you went, but uh, I was in the men's kind of beginner group and somehow we got mixed up on Rocky Top and there was a guy behind me that was more in the um, advanced class or the pro class. <laughs> 
So when I crashed, I was thinking, dude, this guy is going to be right on me when I, by the time I got my bike and my handlebars are all crooked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was funny. That's actually why I crashed was (laughs) because they were dropping us in so close to each other. And, uh, and right where everybody was standing right there, I caught up to someone and I lost a little bit of time. So I like tried to pedal as fast as I can and rush over this section and and just blew it and just crashed I was like, Dang. oh my goodness, why did you do that? You just tried to overdo it, and then you really overdid it, and now you lost a bunch of time, you know? Yeah, race brain, right? You just, yeah. uh, you're just trying to get after it. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Yeah. you got to take the shot. Take the chance. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you started racing here just recently. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something that you're going to continue doing, or is it just more of a, a dabble into the race world, but you have a good time just on the bike? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not a racer. I enjoy it. It's a good time, but it's more just for fun. I'll, I'll do a, I do a few a year. You know, I, I just started doing downhill as well, which is super fun. Um, but it's not, it's not something that I think I'm going to like, you know, pull, pull under or pull downhill. Like, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's always a good time because I know a few of the kids that are up there and, and we're all just laughing and, you know, having a good time down the trail. But, it's it's i don't think it's something that i'll really pursue but i'll definitely do a, a few a year and just laugh and just have a good time you know i'm glad you, i'm glad you said that because it, i felt like it used to well I don't, i'm newer to the sport but i could see where people would think that you got to be a racer to you know maybe get a sponsor or to get support from a company but there's just so many different avenues today that you have to be a racer if, if you feel you know, more joy out there yeah. riding the trails with your buddies, like free riding and, and things like that. Yeah. Thanks to YouTube, Instagram and, and, and things like that. But um, for you, like, you know, we're move over into like some of the trail and some of the product spotlight, you're picked up by Chainline Bikes. So how did that come about? So actually, um, I had, I was on a Canyon bike. So, I was, you know, um, private, private company. Um, so I was riding this bike and I loved it, but I was having a lot of um, problems, not to hate on Kane or anything, but just what they have a, um, on the bike I had, it has like adjustable geometry thing. And I was just having a lot of problems and I just wasn't like enjoying it. I put a new rear shock on it and it wasn't helping. And I, I was just having a lot of problems with the bike. And then the owner, Jason, super cool guy, um, we ended up doing a big group ride. And, um, at the time I was kind of ready to sell the Canyon cause it was a 27.5 and I wanted to try a 29er. Um, so we went riding together. We had a good time. I was out here at Greer, um, just messing around, you know, having a good time. And, uh, and then my uncle, my, one of my other uncles actually introduced me to him and I told him, um, cause I knew he, he owned Chainline bikes or like was affiliated with Chainline bikes. Um, I was like, oh, well then would you know, like I'm looking for, uh, a, a new bike, um, and I want to do 29er. Um, but I don't know what to get. Like, I don't know. I, I was the, the Canyon that I had was third mountain bike. So I was somewhat familiar with bikes and geometry and parts and everything like that. But I knew he had like a lot of experience, you know? Um, so I just started talking to him and I was like, oh, like, do you have anything that would fit me? You know, he's like, Oh, what, how tall are you? Like, um, what are you looking for in the bike? Um, what's your weight? What trails do you ride and stuff like that? 
and we were just talking and he has a lot of bike knowledge like he is one of the most knowledgeable guys like talking to him about bikes like he was telling me things like i didn't even know were bike related and you know just like different all kinds of crazy things you've asked him so many things and he knows about it um love guys like like, that. Yeah, love it. yeah yeah he's super cool um so he's like oh yeah i got a kona process um 153 29er carbon and i was like yeah that, i mean that, that sounds awesome like you know i, I don't know too much about 29ers or geometry and stuff but i'd, I'd love to try it and he's like yeah yeah come down to the shop and we'll talk and we'll, we'll figure something out um so i just started talking to him with him like building that relationship the guys out at the shop are super cool joe he's my he's my wheel builder i've gone through several wheel sets and he's always helped me out building the building wheels and stuff but um they got me set up on the kona and i started riding it and i just loved it and i was like oh my gosh jason like this is so awesome like wow. thank you so much for helping me out and he kind of saw me starting to progress and um have fun on the bike and he's all about supporting the younger kids coming up in the um, in the industry and just riding bikes and stuff and so he was like super supportive he was like yeah you will we'll help you out you know if you if you ever need parts you can come down here and we'll we'll figure something out and i'll be out with bikes so he's been like a huge huge support for me um helping me out with bikes and bike parts last second and building wheels super fast for me and um just he's been a huge help in helping me grow in the bike industry and so now i he's one of the coolest guys and he's always helping me out with parts and bikes and i'm like oh i gotta he, he gave me a, a let me borrow a wheel so i could race like the next weekend so i was, oh, dang. I was super stoked um but yeah he's definitely been huge support he's he's super cool Nice. nice. Um, Timothy Haley asked a question here on that canyon before the Kona. He says, what canyon did you have? So I had, a, it was a 2018 or 19 uh, Canyon Strive. Gotcha. So it had a, um, it had adjustable geometry on it. So it, it, it was basically like this little air piston. And um, I was just having constant problems with it because it, it was similar to the Scott where you can you have like the button up on the handlebar. So basically you'd push it and then it would lock steepen the head to angle. Yeah, steepen the head to angle, lock out the shock, um, raise the bottom bracket for climbing and stuff, you know. Um, and I was just having constant problems with it. And then I wanted to switch to a coil shock. I wanted to get the, the DHX2 by Fox. Um, and so I got that and I had a bunch of problems and then the linkage ended up hitting my shock and blew it up after one ride. So I had to send it out to Fox, get it rebuilt. They had to, they had a custom, uh, build the shock basically so that the, the, um, adjustments were facing a different way so that it wouldn't hit the, uh, hit the, um, pivot arms. And Holy cow. I was, it was just like a nightmare. And it, it was like, it just never really felt right. Like riding it for, I think I had it for a year or so. And, after like eight months, 10 months, it just, it just never really felt right. I felt like that rear suspension just didn't feel right. So I was kind of mm. over it, you know? So Jason at Chainline kind of knew your riding style from that group ride and getting to know you a little more, um, probably knew the Kona was going to be a right fit for you. And yeah. uh, right off the bat, it sounds like it was a, a great match. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, uh, 
One of the folks here on the audience, beginner beginner to Whistler says, Kona Process is a nice bike. I've got 134 myself. Nearly bought the 153, but a bit too much travel for most of my local trails. Yeah, that that 134 is a super sweet bike. I love that bike. I want to get one like for myself so I can have the whole Kona selection. But the 134 is a super fun, super fast, and very playful bike. I, I rode uh, one of Jason's builds. His builds like the most craziest exotic builds like out there with crazy parts and stuff but i rode one and um i was like it was crazy it's super fast super nimble and so 140 in the front and 134 in the rear but it just Dang. felt so fast it felt like a play bike super but responsive yeah, yeah yeah it was it was insane like it climbed really well but going downhill it it was so just like flickable and it was yeah. super fast super fun bike but the 153 that was one of my favorite bikes it was such it was like a perfect in between of playful and stable it had that short run but yeah i love that bike that bike was super fun wow for for those of you who are listening into the podcast or watching the live um one of the fellow youtubers that's out there that um, corbin actually helped get over to chainline bikes is Arturo from MTB Flow, and uh, I've noticed he's been riding. Has he been riding a Kona lately? Is that what he's been on? I know he's been on a yeah. couple of bikes. Yeah, yeah. So um, Arturo, uh, I think right now he's on the same bike I'm actually on, which is the Kona Process X. So it's like Kona's new uh, new bike. It is the funnest bike I've ever ridden. Um, I kind of took a chance. It was funny. Jason and I were up at summit and, um, on pink or was it pink bike or, uh, one of the, uh, the mountain bike news channels is like, Oh, Kona coming out with a new frame for 2021. And it just sounded sweet. And I talked to Jason and I was like, Oh, like, have you heard anything about the bike? He's like, I, I don't know. I don't have it. I don't know any information, but it looks sick. And I was like, I think I kind of want to try it. So he's like, I'll pre-order you one. So I, pre-ordered one i put a deposit down on it like not knowing anything about the bike but just super excited because I, I loved my other kona and this one's definitely a beast it's a monster truck but it's definitely the funnest bike i've ever ridden so that's awesome yeah, <laughs> did so, you, you call it a monster, a monster truck because <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's got the same head tube angle as a downhill bike it's a 29 inch wheel bike 170 162 Ooh. just I got a coil on mine. Uh, I got the push coil. Um, I got the Zeb in the front. It's it's a it's a big bike, but it's so much fun. So much fun, dude. It probably eats Summit up, like oh yeah. Smooth, I took right. I took it to Summit this year. It's my first time taking it to Summit because I got it uh, beginning of this year, so Summit was still closed. I took it to Summit for the first time. I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. It's insanely <laughs> fast and and still somewhat flickable with these big wheels it just eats everything and it just wants to go fast it's it's so much fun that's cool that's cool uh we got craig from mtv raging he goes what's up guys sorry i'm a late charger but i'm in glad that you got the miles in there craig that's awesome and then um craig um or not craig octodad marty out in new zealand has a question for you he's asking is the kona process reliable yes i I had the um, 20, I want to say 2020, uh, yeah, 2020 153 Carbon 29er. Um, and I never had a single problem with that bike. Um, 
if I had a problem, it was all rider error. Um, like the bike was super, it was my first carbon bike as well. Carbon, first carbon, first 29er, um, first like that fancy. It was my first bike with Eagle, the SRAM Eagle drivetrain. And, uh, I rode that thing. It was just immediately in love and I never had a single problem. I, I didn't have any problems with the frame creaking bottom bracket. Um, I didn't have any problems with it. The only, the only problem I had was my fault was the wheels. I just kept breaking wheels. So I had to get the rear wheel, rear wheel replaced a couple of times, but that's about it. Other than that, the Kona process, man, that is a solid, solid bike. I, I love that bike. Nice. And it sounds yeah. like, I mean, Jason was really dialed in to, to get you onto that Kona, which is cool. And then uh, a second ago, we were talking about Instagram and, and um, Arturo from MTV Flow. Um, let's pop up your Instagram real quick on the screen for the folks that are here on the live, shall we? We are taking a look at, uh, this is Corbin's uh, Instagram. He's got two. This one's his personal. It's called Shredded White. And uh, you can see on here, I'm going to go over to that page and move it through. Um, anything on here specific, you can see a lot of his skills. So for example, I'll just click on this first one. Here's Corbin right here, um, doing a manual across this, and then check this out. Pops up, nose manual, here comes a big fat 180 right there. <laughs> I mean, that's your BMX skill coming through. Is there, is there, uh, do you want to take us through a little bit of your Instagram and kind of share with us uh, some sure, of the bikes? Actually, actually talking about, I just want to, my, uh, my other uncle in here, uh, Kyle Kitchen, he's, he's the one that uh, introduced me to Jason, so I have to give a, Big thank you to, to Uncle Kyle too. Oh, uh, sweet, sweet. Where is it? There he goes. He, yeah, there he there is. There he goes. Stop uh, casing. <laughs> Talking about the back tire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but so if you actually click on that second video to my most recent, Jason was there and he's the one that got me through doing, being able to do this, um, do this trick. I was trying to land in a stoppy and I just like couldn't work it. Like I had oh, no idea how to is. do it. Yeah, so this next clip coming up, I was actually able to to fully land it, you know. Was this, uh, this is a Sky Park, that's the session jump. Was this during the Trail Dogs group ride day? Yeah, so this was actually at the whip-off that they just had a couple oh, weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so I was, Jason came up there and, you know, I was just <laughs> messing around and stuff. And I was doing some manual combo on that jump, doing some some like tricks to manuals and stuff like that and uh i was like i just told jason i was like you know what'd be cool is like to try and land in a stoppy just like mm. laughing it off as a joke he's like why don't you try it i was like i don't, I don't know how to try it and so he he uh he's like well here here are the basics like this is this is what you gotta do you gotta land two wheels first and try and go into the stoppy then land a little bit nose heavy then start like getting comfortable riding your brake landing and stuff like that and um eventually somehow i i worked up to doing it and then i got super close one time and my confidence just like went through the roof and i was just like wait i gotta try this i gotta i just gotta commit and then he uh he helped me get it dang you can see the progression here as we're watching that clip there you go you landed kind of two wheels yeah. there you go and then no, that was that one's and then here you this is dialed in all the way yeah. and for the folks who've never been to the sky park session jump for the to clear it's kind of intimidating because it seems like you're hitting it with so much speed 
Yeah. So it's actually what's scary about doing that trying to land in the stop is you have to go fast in order to do it. You can't like go slow because you can't pop off the lip like you would on a normal jump. You have to keep your weight forward. So you have to require that speed to actually get you over the, the jump and then land on your front wheel. Um, which that was definitely scary trying to work up to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be definitely sketchy. Cause that's everyone's worst nightmare is getting bucked. <laughs> but yeah, on that yeah. on that thing. Yeah. Or pulling too much front brake and going OTB. That was definitely a scary thing to think about. Yeah, geez, Louise, no, no kidding. Um, so we got a few more folks here that wanna say what's up. We got barely made it crew productions. <laughs> when I grow up, I'm gonna buy a Kona, they say. Do it. Do it. It's awesome. Raging says Arturo rips on his Kona. That is a fact. Uh, Beginner to Whistler says but likely user error for the first one is what he was uh, saying on, on some of that bike stuff that you had. And then we got John W here says Marshall. So, um, so you're on the, you're on the Kona shout out to Chainline bikes, shout out to the family. It seems like the whole entire family mountain bikes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all my, my uncles, we all ride. Um, we're all like, ride in together it's always a good time um my family like i said my dad mom brother and sister we all ride go we'll take trips up to sky park and have fun you know um uncles they've definitely been a big push and uncle kyle he's been helping me with jason and he's the one that got me connected with him and uncle jared he he helped me you know get introduced into nicer bikes and stuff like that but yeah definitely most of my family all my cousins or most of my cousins all right now i got a younger cousin that he's absolutely ripping so it's, it's always a good time to ride with family dang man gotta try to get out there with you guys i'll definitely level up for sure that's uh <laughs> sounds like a family of full of shredders man <laughs> yeah it's always a good time it's always fun to go ride with the fam that is awesome that is awesome so also talking about you you recently well not recently but you have another passion as well um a creative outlet in uh, customized paint jobs yeah. and how now from what i heard and definitely tell me if this is true or not but did this somehow start in the in the car and the automotive world and then made its way over into mountain biking yeah yeah so um my dad he he had a business uh, repairing wheels on high-end cars so we did a lot of work on lambos and ferraris and porsches and stuff like that, all custom painting so my dad has been painting for a long time like 20 years you know um he's really good painting um and i started working with this business a few years ago and i've been around it you know my whole life but i started uh, doing this business a few years ago and on my when i had my canyon um i, I always like wanted my bikes to be a little bit different like a little bit more um noticeable i guess and so when i got my canyon i, I just wanted like a cool paint job on it like i just wanted it to look sweet and then my dad was like well why don't we try to do it ourselves, you know? So, um, I was, I wasn't into painting yet. I was just, you know, I'd watch my dad do it and stuff. And then he helped me with little things here and there, you know, um, just learning, but we took the Canyon apart, um, and sprayed it, prepped it all how I thought it needed to be prepped, like how we prepped the wheels, we sanded it, scuffed it so that the paint would actually bite into it. Um, it's actually on this page. If you scroll down a little bit, that bike right there underneath the helmet yep yeah that one 
so that that was actually my canyon and uh you can kind of see the progression so that gray and blue was how it wow. was stock okay yeah and then the picture under it so that's prime so after i sanded and stuff you put that primer on it to um, for the paint to stick to it and stuff you know and it gives it a good solid coating so when you spray the color over it doesn't look funky um just some more of it um sprayed primed and then that last picture down there i think yeah so that's the actual color so we uh we made that color it was black with a blue metallic in it and it turned out awesome so just wow. in the sun you, know, you would see that that little bit of blue wow. uh, that's funny I, I had a trip uh, a big trip up to the mountains uh, with my uncle and I, I was like hurrying up that morning to try and get it all put together the day before and um, but it, it turned out awesome. I was, I was super stoked with it. It it, it looked awesome. That is fantastic. That you guys were able to keep the the canyon logo on there too, Corbin, huh? Yeah, yeah. So I I was I wanted the bikes to still look factory. So like in uh, in the automotive world, like it's called OEM plus, you know. So um, I still wanted it to look factory, to look stock, but different, you know. So I was able to get the uh, the logos cut out. I have a I was a sticker guy and he, he was able to get that cut out for me so I can still have the Canyon logo and, and it still look, you know, cool. That's insane work. So that yeah. birthed a new entry into the MTB community and that yeah. is customized, um, customized mountain bike equipment, right? You do. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done, I've done a couple, I've done mo mostly bikes is what I do. I've done, um, couple of helmets i've done a couple of coils actually for shocks um but yeah this is one we did for uh jeff over at first do mtb he's got a he's got a cool account but he bought that new helmet lime green he was like you know i don't really like it it's it's too it's too funky for me you know um so i primed it um got all the uh the green away so that way when i sprayed it it had a nice base to, to be sprayed on we did the visor separately you know and that was that was the uh the the base color so it's called miami blue it's a porsche color um it's a super fun teal you know so we put we got all the stickers he kind of wanted like a hawaiian shirt um 90s sort of vibe with the the black and the pink and stuff so we did the, the turquoise and then we, over all of it, we sprayed a white uh, pearl. So, like in the sun, it, it, if you look at it in person, you can kind of see in the picture it like shimmers. Yeah, I see that right there. So, yeah, yeah, on the side of the helmet. Uh huh. Dang. So yeah, that was that was one of the first helmets I did. Wow. Um, only a few, but that one turned out pretty cool. Wow! And you are able to do this for the mountain bike community. If anybody has any custom requests, they can. Can they contact you? Are you open for business for this type yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah. So if they want to contact me, they can contact me on this Instagram right here. Um, I answer all the DMs and stuff on through this account. Um, I, I mostly do bikes. Um, helmets are a little bit more tricky, the more intricate. But, you know, I'm, I'm always down to try something new, you know. Um, helmets for sure um we can we can try and work something out but bikes is mostly what i do and then you know i've done coils because coils seem to be able to hold the paint nice and not be destroyed and they're not super hard to paint 
so or not tricky or anything. Yeah. So I can do coils and coils and bikes for sure. That's cool. And I can see the coil kind of making the bike pop, you know, similar yeah. to maybe how like you see the Porsches or the Lambos and they have the right. brake calipers painted brake like calipers, red or yeah. green or what have you, yellow. And that always looks really good. So yeah. Um, yeah. for the folks that aren't watching the live but are listening to this on the podcast, uh, you want to go to shredded underscore customs and that'll take you to Corbin's um, Instagram where you can inquire about custom paint jobs for your helmet or bike or coil um, and, and uh, work it out with Corbin on that. Uh, Timothy Haley is, is saying, I've asked this before, but you may have a good answer. Would you use a ceramic coat on your bike paint? So I've actually, um, ceramic is very nice. It's very um, strong and it's thin, which is cool. I've uh, I sprayed one of my first helmets I sprayed um, with, uh, with ceramic coating. Um, it, it looks good. Um, you definitely can do it. It's very strong. Um, you are limited though to with how custom you can get with ceramic coating because you have to get it through a company and they only have so many colors, you know, versus with paint, we can kind of make um, whatever color you want. You know, if you want pearls on it, if you want um, metallics in it, if you want it to shine, if you want it to be matte, you know, the, the ability to um, make it custom with painting is far greater than with ceramic coating. Ceramic coating is super cool. Um, it's nice and it's strong and thin, but I prefer painting, especially if you put, like, I uh, always put a, a few coats of clear coat on it to give it a really strong protection. And I've never had any problems with my bike. Um, I never had any chipping or anything like that. Got it. Got it. And I think uh, Timothy is actually asking a little further. He goes like the clear ceramic paint protection. So say, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I know, so there, there is a ceramic clear, um, again, it's thin and it is nice. I've, I haven't used it on bike, anything bike related yet. So I can't, I can't say for sure how it'd react with bikes against chipping and stuff like that. So I, I have yet to, to test it. Maybe I, I got to try it on a bike coming up or something like that. But, um, I, I have used it on a couple wheels before and it looks very nice. Um, it's got a good shine to it. Um, but with the bikes, I have, I haven't had any experience with it yet. You know, um, I know it's thin and strong, so I'm sure it can't be too bad. Yeah. Maybe rather than wrapping, I don't know. Uh, yeah. maybe the, the, that'd be a great, like he's saying, great ceramic paint protection. Mm -hmm. Huh. Make the yeah. bike look fresh and new, almost like it's like yeah. rolling right off the showroom floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely make it shine. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. So, man, Corbin, awesome, awesome story about how you started mountain biking. I love the whole family aspect. Um, definitely a family of shredders over there at uh, at the Pounds facility. Yeah. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, and I, I love I love the the passion um, from the painting from your father, um, and then now getting it into the mountain bike world for um, customized work for our gear, that is super cool. Seeing you shred out there um, on the trails is is always awesome, and knowing that it came from a, a mountain bike or a, a BMX bike background, which is super cool. Um, now, growing up in this area and riding on the mountain bikes. Uh, what are some of your favorite trails to ride out here and, and why do you like those specific trails? So Sky Park um, has always been one of my favorite places to ride ever since like the first time I went there on my giant trance. Um, this is when they didn't have 
and provide as many trails. They had the jump line and arrow, but it, it wasn't like how it is now. But um, those those trails at Sky Park were just mind blowing. They're so maintained. They're so um, the dirt was amazing. You're in the mountains. Um, you still get the climb to the top, so it's enduro oriented. Um, yeah, I, it was like Sky Park's always a blast. So I'm I'm up there almost. I try to go every Sunday. Um, oh man, that's awesome. I try to go up there every week, and you know I'm always always mess around up there but sky park trails they they never get boring you know there's always new things you can try to do there and and learn and progress and i i i really like sky park because it is also family oriented but um it's suitable for all sorts of skill levels you know you you have your beginner trails that are very um calm and it'll let you slowly progress you know um you have sleigh ride up there which is like their pump track trail that one's a blast like i i'm a huge fan i love that show and then you got arrow which has some more jumps and stuff you know um a little, little bit more of a step up you got neverland the jump line yeah uh, that's always a favorite so it's very um it's fun for everybody you know it's always a good time totally i love that place too and then you have comet if you want more of that raw mountain bike feel you go down comet and you definitely get that but uh, you're right, man. Sleigh ride is is so fun, especially once you go under the bridge and then you got those yeah. jumps that you can make in the doubles and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Debbie uh, Debbie Co says the same thing. Sky yeah. Park. Sky Park. <laughs> Sky Park's awesome. It's always, it's always a good time. And then I, I have a little little spot in my heart for Greer. Um, yeah. I I'm one of the trail maintenance guys out there, so I'm always helping out with the trail. So I have a I have a little soft spot for Greer and trails out there but yeah sky park is definitely my, my spot man two two great spots and god we live so close to both of them obviously greer is in your backyard and the sky park doesn't take us too long to get to um but thank you so much for your work at greer and maintaining those trails those trails are, are so fun so fun yeah yeah they're a good time if you had to pick a trail now this is gonna be really hard but if you had to pick a trail at greer which one would it be for you underdrive oh sure. the the new what is electric catfish or bluebird which one <laughs> so like how it splits and then it goes off to bluebird or is that is that what it's called electric catfish i knew it as underdrive because it's right under overdrive yes yeah I, so yeah the trail underneath overdrive now that one's was that one going to be like the newer uh, jump line there because i've 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 gone down it one time to just check it out, and uh, it looked like there were some really good jumps on there once you learn. Yes. It. So the, over this past winter, uh, me and my uncle Kyle, um, we went out there and basically redid most of the trail. He did a lot of it, but we remade that very first jump in the beginning. We lengthened it and made it way wider. Um, so that jumps a blast. Now it's got you can do the little step up where you can just hit it like a table, you know. Um, and then we redid all the lifts and all the jumps on that trail. And then um, Scott, he's one of the other uh, trail builders and maintenance guys out of Greer. He's the one that uh, did Bluebird. So we worked on that trail a little bit wow. um, with with that that part of the trail. But yeah, it's, I'd probably say that trail is like super fun. But we, re we redid all the lifts. So that trail is like super fun for jumps and flow and stuff like that. Yeah, man, that I I rode Bluebird also one time to just to check it out, 
and I got to go back and I got to learn both of those, uh, you know, and, and really dial them in. But I felt like on Bluebird, I was able to really get some flow feel go. And then there was um, some jump option lines on, on it too. So yeah. I could see when you get that dialed in, that is just going to be really, really fun. And especially yeah. um, underdrive as well. That one looked like oh, yeah. a jump fest. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the goal. It's just a bunch of jumps. So fun. So fun. Um, Corbin, before you go uh, on, on the show, I just want to ask you a few more questions. And um, the product spotlight area, we kind of talked a bit about one of the products or a, a company, Chainline Bikes. Um, but is there any other product that you use or that um, is supporting you that you'd love to shine a little bit of light and love on? Yeah, so uh, Chainline Bikes, for sure, they they've helped me out huge but um more recently this company brian and pine right here so they're like he's uh there's a guy out here he's a local or um san diego area he's uh he started like this shred and surf apparel company so they make some make some awesome stuff they make shirts hats socks um uh, all natural soaps which are actually really awesome um for exfoliating and they feel amazing but yeah he's been been a big support and he's he's a he's a mountain biker as well so he he has a he has a good time on the bike but yeah they've been they've been helping me out a lot too okay very cool now i'm looking to, i'm trying to look them up right now brian brian and pine let's see if i can get them on uh here just for that but uh local local companies just starting out yep. um also a fellow mountain biker and surfer let's see yep. is this Tell me if I got the right one for us here. Brine and Pine. Let's see. Can you see? Did this pop up? Yeah. Is this it? Yeah, that's them. So Brine and Pine, look at that. So they're kind of like an outdoorsy yeah, type of apparel yeah. company. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is the, yeah. oh yeah, there's the shirt that you have right there, the original Loam. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they are, their quality of, products is super nice i'm their socks man I, I i have like been hardcore on one company of socks and i started wearing these brian and pine ones and they're insane they're super comfy super supportive they're nice and thick and i just like fell in love with these things their socks oh. are fantastic there you go old school socks they call it right there yeah. Cool yep. design, like a like a flag checkered color yeah. design. Um, on my screen, it it's I don't know if the oh, uh, did it not pop up? Around. Yeah. Oh yeah, I see I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, let's see. For the folks that are watching the live here, I'm still trying to navigate it, but um, can you see that now? Old school socks. Did it show? Oh, it keeps opening up a new tab. That's what's yeah. that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, but for the folks that are are looking, let's see if I can scroll down. But it's Brian and Pine. Uh, they yeah. support Corbin with his mountain bike adventures, and they're an outdoors company. So uh, here's actually one of the shirts that he's wearing right there. And then can you see, is it showing anything now, or is it still? Yeah, there we go. There's the socks right there. Yeah, those socks are amazing. Nice, nice. So Brian and Pine. So uh, if you support them, you're supporting local too because they're local local folks. Um, when did they start up their company? Do you, do you know? I don't know when they started. I want to say it's, it's been somewhat recent. Um, I, I haven't asked them when exactly, but I know they, he just started out and he just started making some product, but off the, off the gate, he 
he's been like super cool to work with and their quality of product has been awesome so i've been nice. stoked yeah they're super supportive nice that's awesome that's awesome yeah. well corbin i i have a few little silly questions that i i like to ask some of my guests towards the end of the podcast just to see how you answer them and yeah. uh, there's no answer that's right or wrong it's just kind of fun to hear um your thoughts on it so if you listen to the podcast you've probably heard some of these questions before and the first question is, it's, it's not mountain bike related, but it's just funky, um, and it deals with cereal. Is cereal a soup? Why or why not? No, it's not a soup. It's not a soup. No, no, because soup to me is hot, and it's got a broth in it with vegetables and meat and stuff like that. Cereal is just milk and dried grains <laughs> yeah it's like if you did oreos and milk calling that a soup right so, right yeah. no you're right that's i i i'm with you on that but it's funny i don't think i've had very many people that called it a soup most people say cereal is a cereal but i have to change yeah. that question up a little bit <laughs> yeah okay. definitely not so with with you in the mountain bike world and your family in the mountain bike world uh definitely want to ask you this question when it comes mm-hmm. to riding uphill or riding downhill, which one is your favorite and, and why? My favorite to ride up or down? Yeah. So down for sure, but uphill I appreciate as well. I love a good grind and sweat and gnarly climb and just like – getting your like head in that zone and just pedaling i i love that i climbing i enjoy climbing it is a good workout and it feels really good when you get to the top and then downhill it feels so much more rewarding you know downhill is obviously more fun so i'm gonna lead more towards downhill but yeah um uphill is definitely not uh not my favorite but i also enjoy it yeah that's a great answer feel like the uphill we're, we're earning that downhill you know but yeah uh, we got to pay the gatekeeper which is that yeah. uphill battle a lot of times yeah. it's, it's a lot of it's in our brain in our head um kyle kitchen says mount pinos never forget yeah so that was <laughs> that was that trip that i was going on before i got my bike painted i was literally the day before i was up at like five in the morning trying to put my bike together so we did <laughs> go up to that trip and it's like a four-hour drive um and we were riding all day but yeah that was that was a fun trip that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Corbin, dude, it's been great to have you on the podcast. I, I really appreciate it. I hope that um, you were able to get some good exposure from this. And I, I love listening to the story. I love I love knowing more about you and especially that whole family aspect um, and that you're one of the local riders at Greer. And thank you so much for the maintenance that you do on the trails out here for our local spots. So, so many of us enjoy those trails, man. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a great thing. Uh, Brian Pound says, I've got an e-bike, so bring it on. <laughs> yeah, that's my dad. Uh, we, we got him on the e-bike game, so now he's he's loving riding everywhere. Dude. He's like, climbs? What's that? So fun. Yeah. <laughs> so fun. Well, he'll get yeah. the same amount of workout as long as he does like two or three laps to our one yeah. lap. You know? yeah. You'll yeah, definitely gonna, get a workout. He's got to do like five or six laps around Greer for me to be tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised the first time I jumped on an e-bike, I got a great workout. I just was able to do my workout in like an hour and a half versus yeah. like 
three and a half hours, you know, I just went farther in the same amount of time, but which was awesome. But um, Corbin, tell folks before we sign off, where can people follow you and, and catch you on either social media or on YouTube or wherever you are out there? So most of my stuff is just on Instagram. So um, you can hit me on my painting account, uh, Shredded Customs, and then my uh, personal account, which I post some my my actual writing. So that's Shredded underscore White. Um, it's like a play on Shredded Wheat, like the crackers and stuff. Um, but yeah, so Shredded White and Shredded Customs, those are my Instagrams. That's mostly what I post on. Um, I'm not on YouTube or anything, but you'll see me in Artro's videos every Every now and again, you'll see me pop up in there. But uh, yeah, I'd, um, I'd say Instagram is Shredded White and Shredded Customs. Shredded White and Shredded Customs, folks. If you're looking for any kind of custom work to your MTB gear, um, definitely give Corbin a shout and see what he can do for you, especially if you live here locally in the area. Are you pretty much servicing mainly just locally in Marietta, Temecula, San Diego, Orange County? or? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do the local area stuff. I mean, if if someone's willing to ship something to me, I'm always down. I, I'm flexible with that. I'll, I'll ship it back and everything. But yeah, if it's if it's local, I can definitely meet you, or um, we can meet on the trail, or you know whatever, and I can I can grab it from you, and we'll uh, we can work something out for sure. Awesome, awesome, Corbin. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate, it, bud. Thank you. Yeah, it was super fun. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you to all the folks who showed up tonight to, to listen to Corbin's story. And uh, again, reach out to Corbin if you have any needs for anything customized or just have questions about the trails out here at Greer. Um, he's been out here for a while and uh, now into the maintenance side of things out there on the trails, keeping them going. So really appreciate everything you do out there, Corbin. Yeah, of course. It's always a good time. All right, everybody. Have a great night and we'll see you all on the next episode. Corbin and I are out. Thank you you so much, Senders, for tuning into that episode with my special guest, Corbin Pounds. Had such a great time talking to him, and what a bright young man for the future of our mountain bike community. I'm excited to see where he goes from here and what he gets into, but I think he's onto something with the Shredded Customs business. I think there's going to be a lot of different things that you can do for mountain bikes as well as all the gear that comes along with it to give it your personalized customizable look. Thanks to Corbin and that business. Also again thank you so much for the supporters of the show. Thank you to YT Industries. Thank you to Tasco and thank you so much to Spy Optic. And last but not least you know who you are and i'll be able to tell you guys who this is in the near future but thank you to that italian company who's going to be supporting the show with some protective gear folks thanks again for tuning in join me on episode 40 when adam mock takes over the podcast and he actually flips the script to interview me and get a deeper dive into who is mark hill behind the segment hope you guys can join us on that one and uh folks Remember in life, find something you love, something you're passionate about, and put your hard work into it because all that hard work that you put in will always pay off. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Choo-hoo!